This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. The greatest miracle that can occur is the, is the new birth. Now, but because we think naturally, we get hung up on things. We think, well, yeah, I'm born again, but I have, I have need of healing in my body. God, why can't you do a miracle in my body? He's already done the greatest miracle that there is and changed you spiritually. He made you a new creature, a new creation. Miracles in the flesh, miracles in the natural realm should be easy if we understand the miracles that have already taken place and the power of the word that brought them about. So he said, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, meaning the word of God, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and all your idols will I cleanse you. Now notice what the new birth does. Verse 26, a new heart. Whenever the word is used in the Bible, most of the time at least, when the word used Heart, with the word heart is used in the Bible, it's talking about the spirit of man. A new heart or a new spirit also will I give you. And a new spirit, you can see he's talking about a spirit here. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. In other words, he says, I'll take away the hard heart from you, the spiritually dead heart out of you, the spiritually dead spirit the spirit that's dead to God because he's separated from me. I'll replace that with a new spirit that's tender and open to the things of God. Now keep that in mind, the stony heart. Keep that in mind because in the Old Testament, the law of Moses was written or the Ten Commandments were written on the tables of stone. That has a spiritual significance, folks. Nowadays, they're not written on tables of stone. They're written in our hearts. Our spirit. A new heart will I also give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, and I will put my spirit within you. God's saying, I'll put my spirit inside that new spirit that I create. And cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Turn with me over to Jeremiah chapter 31. Here's what Jeremiah prophesied about the new birth. Verse 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. Couldn't be that way under the old covenant. Couldn't be that way. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. There's the spirit. The spirit is the inward part of man and write it in their hearts and it will be their God and they shall be my people. Now notice what the result is in verse 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord. For they shall all know me. Notice the new spirit and the law of God written in your heart causes an inward knowing. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we're the children of God. An inward knowing of Jesus and the Lord. The Bible says in, uh, in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking about um, uh, good she- being the good shepherd and so forth. And he said, uh, my sheep hear and know my voice and a stranger they'll not follow for they know not the voice of the strangers. Now, most people read those ver- verses of scripture and they think about hearing or listening to the voice of God. 
And they're searching for something that they can hear with their natural ears. And as a result, a lot of people get pulled away into thinking that circumstances are determined uh, by, by God and, and that circumstances show you which way God wants to lead you in life. And nothing could be farther from the truth. No, he doesn't say that my people shall hear my voice, meaning from the physical ear. He said it's an inward knowing of the voice of God, the inward witness. My sheep hear and know my voice. And a stranger they'll not follow because they know not the voice of strangers. Anything you're wondering about is not the voice of God. Now what happens is a lot of times we want to hear the voice of God the way that we want to hear it. And so we say, well, I wonder if God's speaking to me about this. As soon as you ask that question, you can answer it, no. Because if he was speaking to you about something, you'd know it. And the fact that you don't know it means he's not speaking to you. Now, the devil will talk to you with questions. The devil will say, just like he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden, has God said, has God really forbidden you to eat of this tree? The devil always comes with questions. God always comes with answers. The things that you know are the things that God's trying to lead you in and impress upon you from your inside from the the inside of you, from your spirit. The Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit. Those are the things that God is speaking to you about. Now, I wish those things happened every day, but they don't. We look at a deadline or we look at something that we want to happen and we think, well, Lord, I need you to speak to me about this. And we really don't. Because in most cases, we already know what we should or shouldn't do. But we might not like what we know that we should or shouldn't do, so we want to get a second opinion. So maybe if we talk to God about it a little bit, he'll fudge or alter his course a little bit maybe. But that's not the way it works. God gives you an inward knowing about what to do. Well, Pastor Mike, I don't know either way. Then don't do anything. One of the things that frustrates my staff more than anything in the world is that I won't move until I know. And I don't know nearly soon enough for a lot of them. But I won't move. I learned that from Brother Hagin. And folks, I was on the other side of the street with him, but he used to frustrate me to no end. So what if you don't know what to do? Don't do anything. Yeah, but we've got to do something. That's what gets you in trouble. Yeah, but we've got to do something. Folks, let me ask you for a show of hands. How many of you have made mistakes by acting too quickly? Look at that, almost everybody in the room. Now let me ask you another question. How many of you have made mistakes by not acting quickly enough? One or two? Look at the difference. Most of the mistakes I've made in life have been been, uh, mistakes I've made in haste, thinking I've got to get something done. And those things cause me trouble. Back to Jeremiah. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Now notice again in verse 31, he said, I will put my law in their inward parts. That means the spirit of man. I'll put my law in their inward parts and write it, my law, my word, write it in their hearts. How does God write his word in your heart? 
If the responsibility is God's to write the word of God in your heart, then why do some people have a greater measure of the word than other people? Does God just like some people better and so he gives them more of the written word in their heart or more of the word written in their heart? Is that how it works? Turn with me over to Psalm 45. Let me show you how God writes the word of God in your heart. Psalm 45. Verse 1. To the chief musician upon something, for the sons of Korah, Maskell, a song of loves. My heart is indicting a good matter. Now, the word indicting means to gush forth or to speak. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to speak of good things. I'm going to speak of good things. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. In other words, the king he's talking about is a representation of Jesus, an illustration of Jesus. So he's saying, I'm going to speak of good things concerning the Lord. Now, notice how he does this. He says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Now, put those things together. God said, I'll write my law in their hearts. I'll put the, my word in their inward parts and write the law, my law in their hearts. How does God write his law in your heart? Through your tongue. Through your tongue. Not through your intellect. See, the Bible gives us a little hint about the difference between soul and spirit back in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Well, trust means to believe, doesn't it? That's the same thing the New Testament says. Romans 10, 10, 10 says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, the spirit, man believes unto righteousness. In other words, to believes to be saved. That's what Nicodemus couldn't do. He couldn't believe from his heart. Jesus is telling him the importance of being born again, and all he can do is think naturally. So what does the Bible tell us to do? Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. So there's got to be a difference between your heart or your spirit and your understanding. Now, everybody understands what the word understanding means. It means the intellectual or reasoning faculties of the, of the man. So he's saying trust in the Lord from your spirit and not just how you've got things reasoned out. Now, folks, please understand something. If you can only believe God to the degree that you understand him or can reason him out you are going to be hopelessly confused in life you're never going to be led into the truth of the things of god you're never going to be led into god's victory you're never going to be led into the things that jesus has already purchased for you and that's exactly where most of the church world is today they don't understand something so they don't accept what the bible says they don't understand why it doesn't work the way that they think the Bible says it should work, so they make excuses for it instead of believing the word from their heart. What does believing the word from your heart mean? Well, in the basic definition I would think, I'm sure there are many that we could give, but one basic definition would be to believe the word of God is true no matter what else is going on. No matter what. Believe God's word is true no matter what. That means the word of God, if the word of God says, and it does, that Jesus bore our infirmities and took our sicknesses and with his stripes were healed. That means that's true no matter what the doctor says. But that's a great example where people get tripped up. They say, well, the Bible says that I was healed by the stripes of Jesus, but the doctor says that I've got cancer. So I guess I've got cancer. What are they doing? They're leaning to their understanding. They're leaning to their own understanding. 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now, there's another verse of Scripture in Proverbs that's interesting because it shows the difference of when you start committing yourself to the truth of God and the truth of His Word. It says it this way. It says, Wisdom rests in the heart of him that hath understanding. So wisdom is not of the mind. Wisdom is of the heart, the spirit. Wisdom rests in the heart of him that hath understanding. What does that mean? That means your understanding can be the gate to your spirit. That means if we choose to let our tongue be the pen of a ready writer, if we choose to renew our mind to the word by speaking God's word into our hearts, that means that can be the doorway to wisdom being deposited from within our spirits. Christmas is a special time here at Foothill Family Church. I want to especially invite you to our Christmas Eve candlelight service. We have a chance to celebrate when Jesus came to the earth to be our Savior. Come join us this Christmas Eve. Again, that's the Christmas Eve candlelight service at 6 p.m. December 24th at Foothill Family Church. For more information, go to www.mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now, when the Spirit of truth has come, Jesus said, when the Spirit of truth has come, He'll guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all reality. He'll guide you into the victory that God has provided for you through the work of Jesus, the finished work of Jesus. But each and every one of those things starts with just little small moves. Small little moves. I can look back at some things in my life. What if I hadn't gone to Ramah that week with my dad and my brother? You know how I came up with the decision? How I made the decision to go? The life-altering decision for my, in my life and in my experience came about as me thinking, well, I don't have anything else to do. That thought changed the course of my life. Now, looking back at it, I can clearly see that I was being led by the Holy Ghost to do it. But I didn't know there was any such thing as the Holy Ghost leading somebody back then. I didn't know anything about being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I was open to the Lord, and I was trying to put the Word of God in my heart as much as I knew. It's so funny. My wife found a, uh, uh, the Bible that I had before I went to Ramah. It was at the house. I'd given it to my son, and she found it uh, just this morning. And we were kind of looking through there, and, and um, I was looking at some of the notes that I made when I was first trying to put the Word of God in my heart. It's embarrassing what I didn't know. That's where I started. Some of the greatest results, some of the, well, let me say it this way. Some of the decisions and some of the, the, the steps that I took in my life that have created the greatest results in my life were the most casual decisions that I ever made but they altered the course of my life they brought me into the fullness of what God has for me now was there some master plan on my part I'll do this and then I'll do that but but of course not I had no way to know I couldn't see the future but that's the way we try to get God to lead us we say well okay we'll do this and then we'll do that and then we'll do the other and then we'll do the other we've got it all planned out then all we're waiting for is the Lord to lead us. Well, the Bible says trust in the Lord with all of your heart 
and lean not to your own understanding. You know what I figured out? I, it, having, believing God for finances used to be a big thing. It's where I started. That man, it was huge for me. And I came to realize that, the, that everything that I thought up about how God was going to meet my need was exactly the way that it wouldn't happen. Well, when it occurred to me, there was one situation that I had figured out that God would do this and maybe he could do that and maybe he'd do the other. I had just about everything that, that was possible for God to meet my needs covered. And I realized it couldn't be any of those things. Folks, there's such a freedom when you just let go. But it's a hard thing to do. It's one of the real keys to spiritual development because we're so used to our heads being in charge. We're so used to having our own plans. We're so used to coming up with our own things. What's our job? What should we do? Let your tongue be the pen of a ready writer. Write the word of God into your hearts. It all comes back to the same thing, folks, and that's speak the word. I had somebody say something to me one time here recently. They said, Pastor Mike, seems like whatever you start off with, whatever subject it is, you always wind up talking about speaking the word. Well, there's a reason for that. That's the source of everything. Speak the word. Speak the word. Yeah, but shouldn't I pray? The devil, see, the devil will tell you you're not doing enough of anything. You're not praying enough. Folks, you can't pray more than I pray. I'm not sleeping now. I wake up most nights. It's a very uncommon thing for me to sleep through the night and not wake up in the middle of the night and pray. Very uncommon. I've gotten to where I enjoy it. It used to aggravate me, but now I've gotten to where I enjoy it. I had the devil tell me. He tells me all the time stuff like this. Well, you're not worshiping God enough. You got to be kidding. Folks, if the value of worshiping God comes from the amount of time you spend worshiping, I got it made. If the value of worshiping God comes down to to, uh, calling things that be not as though they were and thanking God for those things that are unseen, I got it made. If the value of worshiping God comes down to counting it joy when you're in the middle of trouble, I got it made. If the value of the worshiping God comes down to how it sounds, I'm doomed. <laughs> but the devil will tell you you're never doing enough. And if you're not careful, you get over into works. Oh, you're not confessing the word enough. All you got to do is say it one time from your heart. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't say it over and over again because it's important and helpful if we do to remind ourselves and remind God of what we're standing for. But one time from your heart is good enough. Jesus cursed the fig tree one time. He said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. If Jesus is part of most faith churches today, he'd have gone down the road saying, I believe it's dead, I believe it's dead, I believe it's dead, I believe it's dead, I believe it's dead. But that's not what he did. He said it once. He knew what he believed. Once was good enough. See, the devil always tells you you're not doing enough. There's one commandment. You remember what the, turn with me, we'll close with this. Turn with me over to 1 John chapter 3. I think it's chapter 3. We'll find it. Let's start in verse 21. Here's a verse of scripture about following your heart, being led by the Spirit. 1 John chapter 3, verse 21. It says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. 
Now, please get what he's saying. If your heart condemns you not, heart meaning your spirit, if your spirit doesn't condemn you, how would your spirit condemn you? There's only one way, and that's through your conscience. That's why being sensitive to your conscience and keeping your conscience clear is so important. Now, your conscience, somebody asked a group of kindergartners, what's your conscience? One little boy said, it's the voice inside me that tells me not to hit my sister. (laughs) He doesn't know how scriptural he is. It's the voice on the inside of you, the voice of your spirit that tells you when you've done wrong. Now, your conscience, if your conscience is anything like mine, your conscience doesn't go through, speak to you all day long about what you should do unless you know there's something you haven't done. Only time I hear hear from my conscience is when I've done the wrong thing. Otherwise, I'm just acting on what the Word says and my conscience is clean. But when I've done the wrong thing or I've failed to do the right thing that I know that I should have done, something that the Lord has spoken to me about or the Word tells me to do that I haven't done, that's when my conscience bothers me. And please understand, it's not the Holy Ghost that condemns you when you do wrong. It's your own conscience. It's your own spirit. The Bible says Jesus was real clear about this. Jesus said in John's Gospel that the only thing that the Holy Ghost will reprove or convict somebody of is rejecting Jesus. Everything else is the voice of your own spirit. So notice what John says. He says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. So many times people are saying because the devil tells them they believe the lie. The devil says, Well, you can't get you can't get received from God. You can't be healed because of something you've done wrong. And in many cases, people will use a verse of scripture out of context and and let it rob them of the truth, rob them of the blessings of God. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had people come and say, Pastor Mike, I need you to pray for me. Well, what do you need me to pray about? Well, I, I, there may be some secret sin in my life. I've always been amazed by that statement. What in the world is secret sin? Well, David said, cleanse me, Lord, from secret sin. Well, that's a spiritually dead prayer. That's from a spiritually dead man. It's impossible for a Christian to have secret sin in his life. Impossible. It's impossible for you to not be reproved or convicted by your own spirit, your conscience, if you have done wrong. Now, even if you ignore it, you still know you've done wrong. So there's no such thing as a secret sin. Brother Hagin used to say it this way. He said, what is secret sin? I've always been there when I sinned. That's kind of simple, but it's true. Well, what does it mean? It means people are letting the devil beat them up and make them think things that aren't true rather than take the word of God for what it says. So, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. If you've got a clear conscience, your faith is working. Now, what's the one thing your conscience is going to convict you about? Walking in love. And faith works by love. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And here's what confidence will do for you. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. He's not talking about works. He's talking about living according to the word, being a doer of the word to such a degree that your conscience isn't convicting you. And this is his commandment. Are you ready? This is what God commands you to do. Here's the New Testament, New Covenant commandment. And this is a commandment, number one, that we should believe in the name of Jesus And love one another. 
In other words, do you know what the commandment is? Believe in the name of Jesus, meaning believe in what the Word of God says to be true. We could say it this way, walk by faith and walk in love. That's the new covenant commandment, folks. That's it. That's all there is. Now, where's works in that? Where's praying enough in that? Where's worshiping God enough in that? It's not there. Now, praying is going to be a result of believing in Jesus. Worshiping God is going to be a result of of a thankful heart because the word of God is true, because you believe. But there's no works there. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. This is the commandment, that we believe the name of Jesus. The word own is not there, by the way, in that word, in that uh, verse. Believe the name of Jesus and love one another as he gave commandment. That's all we have to do. That's all we have to do. Now, if there's sin in your life, repent of it. Then it's gone. Then you're clean. Then you're forgiven. Then it's over. There's no making up for it. There's no penance you have to pay. There's no time period before you're in back in God's good grace. Once you confess it, it's gone. So let it go. Now you're back in place where you can have confidence toward God. Yeah, but I've missed it. I messed up and I've missed it so many times in life. Well, join the club. Who hasn't? If missing it in your life was a disqualifier for God being able to help you, none of us have help. So let go of your past. This is his commandment to believe the name of Jesus and love one another. That's all there is. That is the Christian life. That's the life of victory right there. Yeah, but what am I supposed to do about my situation? I'm facing some real tests. Believe the the name of Jesus. Well, how long is it going to take? I don't know. What's your alternative? Well, I've got to do something. Pastor Mike, I've got to take action. Well, if you're taking action contrary to the leading of the Holy Ghost, good luck with that. I, I just can't wait, though. Things have gotten in such a state, I just can't wait. You're talking about being at peace and letting the Lord lead you. I just can't wait. Sure you can. You're in the best position to learn how. Yeah, but other people are depending on me. The bank is calling. I need direction from God. Well, do what you can find your hand, put your hand to do that you know is right and trust God from that point. How's that going to help? Folks, I'm not God. I don't have all the answers. But he does. And he's got a way out. There's a way of escape for every person in every person's situation. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God cannot fail. And this is his commandment. To believe the name of Jesus and walk in love toward one another. That's it. That's all there is to it. Thank God for the spirit of God within us. He'll lead you into victory every time. Many people get upset and discouraged because they don't think God is speaking to them. When all the time he's trying to bear witness with our spirits as to what his plan for our life really is. As we develop our sensitivity in spirit to hear his voice and follow that inward witness, then we know for sure his plan for our lives. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. 
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. When we're operating by the Holy Ghost wisdom, when we're operating according to the leading of God as spiritual men, judging spiritual things with spiritual things by the Word, that's operating according to the mind of Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.